0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jake can't talk right now. He's stuffing a biscuit down his throat. Uh, John Tabor over at the uh, Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Now join us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline, fresh off a a milestone victory a couple games ago. Mark Montgomery, Lady Texture's head softball coach. Coach, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm
2: doing well, and Thanks. How are you?
1: Good. Uh, We look forward to a big weekend series for you guys. But before we get to that, uh, as I mentioned, a huge milestone for you. Uh, You capture your 500th career victory. Now you're at 501. Uh, What's that feel like?
2: I think it just means I'm getting old Aaron, unfortunately. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just means I've been around a while. But uh, no, it, it was great. It was uh it came on a good weekend too, you know, uh, uh it was the third game against Charlotte, so sweeping that series and uh doing it on the road and uh I didn't even you know, realize it obviously. Uh Malcolm Butler did and he had informed the team and and so when I was walking out to talk to the team after the game, and they began clapping for me, I was just dumbfounded as to what was going on. And uh, huh. uh, so it was a it was a neat moment, and uh, and certainly uh, one that I'll remember. So um, you know, now it's it's just back to the grind and get on to get onto the next one. That's the way our job works.
1: Yeah. Now you have five hundred one following a midweek victory, but do you remember win number one?
2: Uh, I, you know, it's funny, I don't remember when number one, as far as my first college win, um, but I remember my first division one win, um, because that was the very first game when I was at Centenary and we beat the University of Florida in an opening round tournament and, uh, at Baylor. So, uh, kind of a surreal moment there. I do remember that one. 24
1: and 17 now, uh, 10 and five in conference play. Coach, some are going to look at the number of losses, and they're going to be well. That's a little bit more than most anticipated. But you guys played a really tough non-conference schedule. How do you feel about the team at this point of the season?
2: Well, yeah, you know, I think we're we're starting to put all facets of the game together. You know, early in the season, uh, hitting was just really struggling, and and maybe that was a credit due to the schedule. But we just weren't we weren't being really who I thought we could be offensively at the plate, and. But the girls have finally, you know, as conference play started, settled in, doing well. We're starting to get better at bats. We're starting to, uh, you know, hit the ball a little harder. And so it's it's kind of worked its way back to a a good point, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, you enter the weekend on an eight-game winning streak, the longest since 2015, including six straight uh, league victories, the second longest in the program history, Coach, we've had this discussion with other coaches that they don't believe in momentum. Do you believe in in momentum and kind of how positive things can lead to another and, of course, a win can lead into another after that?
2: Well, I believe in momentum. I don't know. I think it just stops at the end of the game. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess that's the problem. Within the game, I absolutely am a big believer in momentum, Uh, energy, and, and it's just like in basketball. They go on runs. I think in, in baseball and softball, you know, defensive plays can lead to offensive success, and, and you know, one or two batters getting on can lead to the rest of the team feeling confident and hitting the ball. So I definitely see that. I just think it just starts all over again with the next game.
1: Well, one of the successes for you guys, have you been very patient at the plate, uh, a couple of your players are ranked in the, the top ten in walk-to-strike-out ratios. Is that something you preach on a daily basis?
2: It absolutely is. We're just uh, big believers in, and uh, you know, works the count, and and wait for a good pitch to hit, and, and 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 don't chase. And and there's a you know there's a double side to that sword. I mean, we probably, if you went statistically and looked, we we might be one of the worst in terms of um, backwards case. You know, taking the third strike. Uh, but whenever I go back and watch it on film, they were usually not great pitches. I mean, we got run up on them. I understand that they were they were a little off the plate. So, uh, you know, I think just training our our uh, ladies to, to to recognize good pitches and to swing hard at those, but then to be patient on the others and and walks a good thing. I, I think it's something that has served us well over the last couple of years. So uh, we will hopefully continue that.
1: Home series this weekend versus UTSA. Saturday's doubleheader starts at two o'clock. You look at the Roadrunners, they've dropped seven of their last uh, nine games. I guess they're still a pretty dangerous squad.
2: Well, they've got a really dangerous pitcher. Uh, Lizzie Fox is probably one of the best in our conference in terms of just – she just locates the ball so well. I mean, she reminds me of, of, you know, again, growing up, Greg Maddox, and just where he'd start the ball on the corner of the plate, and by the fifth inning he was three inches off and he was still getting the call. I, that's who she reminds me of. She just puts it exactly where she wants it. She doesn't overpower you, but but you know what? If you're setting outside and she throws it in, she makes it look good, but then you jam yourself. If she's throwing inside and, and and you're ready for that pitch, then all of a sudden she locates it at the knees outside, and the best you can do is hit a little soft ground ball somewhere. So hey, we've got to battle her and, and do a good job, and then they've got a couple of hitters that despite their – um, overall team success not being strong. I mean, Bailey Baldwin leads the uh, conference in hitting and home runs. And, um, you know, I think she's batting like almost 400 with like 15 home runs. So we've got to shut her down and keep her from having the success. Uh, and then, um, uh, they have another young lady who, again, is just on base all the time. So uh, we've got to keep her off base. She scored 28 runs this year. So, you know, Between those two, if we do that and, and then hopefully can master Fox a little bit more, I, I, I think it can be a good series for us, but we certainly have our work cut out for it.
1: Well, A head coach, uh, Mark Montgomery joins us on the Stuart Shelby hotline. Coach, got a thing here on the text line. Somebody wants to know they have a, a rising high school star. What's the best way to get them some publicity or get a college coach to look at them?
2: Well, you know, we, we hope recruiting is going to come back into normalcy here over the next uh, year or so. But right now we still recruit so early, and it's, it's unfortunate. But you got to find a way to get them in front of us. And, uh, you know, obviously camps are certainly a way uh, to do that, uh, whether it be a camp that we're working somewhere or whether it be a camp at, at our own home field. Uh, those are always great opportunities. The other one is just to make sure that she gets on the best travel ball team uh, that she can play on, and because uh you know we're only allowing so many dates out way uh to watch games, and we're gonna go to where the uh, the most teams are playing and, and and mostly still in our region, but uh you know they are gonna be some of the bigger tournaments, and those bigger tournaments are only gonna let in the better teams and, and so the better of a team she's on, the more we'll be able to watch her uh in terms of some of those larger tournaments and and uh you know make sure you send us the schedule and let us know and. You know, usually we have, you know, all three coaches out recruiting. So we'll, we get after it and try to find the best kids we can. So we just need to see them.
1: Coaches, there's been a real shift. I've noticed this talking to a lot of different high school coaches over the last couple of weeks as we look forward to the first round of the playoffs starting in high school ranks on Monday, where the summer is actually where they need to be noticed. And then it's during the high school season. It's not so much that. It's just continue to develop and work.
2: It It is. It's funny, though. I, I two parts. Number one, we love high school ball. I mean, I just the unfortunate thing is we play at the exact same time. I mean, we're, we're on the road when they're on the road. When, when we get home and have a day off, I mean, it's our day off. It's hard to go out and watch high school games. We still do it, but it's, it, it makes it challenging. Um, the thing, though, that we love so much about high school is high school is where they learn to play for something other than themselves. In the summer, it's nice, but everybody kind of is playing for their individual selves. There's not as much. I mean, teams change every year. I mean, one team will lose five girls and pick up five new ones between the summer and the fall. So there's not much continuity. High school, they learn how to play for that uniform. They learn how to play for the front of the jersey and what that means. And so we love high school ball. Watching somebody like Tim at Ouachita or... Uh, you know, Laurie at, at North DeSoto and the programs that they develop and run, it just, it really makes a kid a better player that we want in college just unfortunately, we just don't get to track them as much there hmm.
1: Coach Montgomery, once again congratulations on the milestone, hopefully you'll pick up three more this weekend, appreciate the time Hey, thank you guys so much for having me you got Good stuff there from uh, Louisiana Tech head softball coach Mark
3: yeah, great stuff. Did you
1: finish your biscuits?
3: Yeah, so good. Thanks, Warren.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a time out. Coming up next, uh, we're going to talk a little uh, LSU football, baseball. Really look forward to catching up with uh, Luke Johnson. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 is back after this.
4: Whatever car you're looking for. Whatever the price for how many doors. Cars, trucks, SUVs. King of the Road Car King. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The King of the Road, the King of the Road Car King.
5: The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better.
6: zero turns with unlimited possibilities now for $200 off for a mower that outmaneuvers outperforms and outdoes the competition cub cadet zero turns have you covered now cub cadet is offering up to $200 off select residential zero turns for a limited time so it's easier than ever to bring your lawn to life stop by yard power 7573 highway 165 north your locally owned cub cadet dealer for expert advice superior service and to take advantage of this exceptional offer not eligible on other model specifications and program subject
2: go Guerrero call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in
3: Monroe listen up folks at Greg Tilly's in Bozier City we have five new triple wides in stock come help us celebrate our 40th anniversary and save thousands on a manufactured home we'd love to take it on trade and we will give you top dollar see us today at Greg Tilly's in Bozier City I used to smoke about a pack to two packs a day That really put a strain on my pocket. That's why I really needed to find something to help me out. 1-800-QUIT-NOW. I was like, you know, this may work.
7: I hop in the car, I have a cigarette, you know, wake up in the middle of the night with an asthma attack, hit my inhaler two times, come outside and have a cigarette. It was really bad.
2: Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW.
7: I've tried everything. I've tried the patches. I've tried quitting cold turkey. I've tried the gum. I just needed a person to talk to somebody who can relate to me. She was just really supportive, and I was telling her what was going on. She was telling me different things that I could do to help with my stress. I would recommend the Quit Line because the support, the counselors, you know, awesome, awesome people. They called just when they said they would. They really wanted to talk you through everything. They wanted to know how I was doing, I'm definitely not coughing as much. I feel healthier.
4: Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A public service of the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and this station. I'll never forget that, that moment.
8: As long as I live. It was a moment. It was a moment that changed my life.
4: We looked down from the chopper
3: and saw the whole area was flooded.
6: At that moment, it really hit me. This is why I joined the Guard.
4: People had gone up to the rooftops to escape the rising waters. Talk about intense moments. We had to lower the guides on line some 30 feet down.
6: This is where teamwork and training really paid off.
3: It took steady nerves and steady hands for the chopper pilots to hover like that. No question, guard pilots are the best in the
1: world. I couldn't believe it. I just saved a life. What could be better than serving the people of my
4: hometown? In the National Guard, you serve your community as well as your country while you work or attend college. In return, you gain skills in which you can build a career and receive benefits that can help you pay for college. Learn more about what it means to be a citizen soldier at nationalguard.com.
6: Sponsored by the Louisiana National Guard. Aired by the Louisiana Association of Broadcasters and this station. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe.
1: So while Jake spent this uh, lengthy break uh, working on some biscuits, I'm checking out this video of Paul Manieri yesterday at the box with the uh, bees. There's some bees swarming around with home plate. Yeah, And there's footage of uh, Paul and uh, the beekeeper. Is that what you call him?
3: Yeah, beekeeper.
1: Uh, and the guy's all decked out and Maneri running away. This is priceless. This is good.
3: Yeah, this is uh, not something you see every day. Um, not the killer bees at the ballpark. No, just the bees.
1: <laughs> oh, good stuff.
3: Joining us now from the Advocate is uh, Luke Johnson. And Luke, we got it. Let's just start there. I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of crazy stuff in your day covering LSU, but seeing Paul Menary standing next to a beekeeper—that's got to rank pretty high, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. Uh, definitely was not expecting that yesterday, uh, and that—that ha- that all happened. Like, like the, the timing was almost perfect on that because it, it, they swarmed in right about the time our media availability was, was wrapping up. Uh, so we were all still there, but we all got to do our jobs. Uh, and, then, uh, and then, you yeah, everything kind of went haywire after that. Uh, yeah. If Paul Maneri texted me later in the day. He's like, that's the first time in 36 years of coaching I've ever had to cancel practice because of bees. Uh, so, uh, Where were the bees but, uh at? they were the, the facilities guy there said it was a, it was a migrating hive. Uh, you know, which I, I guess means yeah you know, they were they were somewhere nearby and then they as a group decided to to move and look for a new spot. Uh, so they they kind of just you know kind of appeared out of nowhere. Um, it was just this big cloud of bees. Uh, and then you know, but by, by the time everything was all set and done, they ended up kind of clumping up on the batting cages. As yeah. It looked like a like a 30-pound ball of bees just hanging there uh, is is bizarre. bizarre scene yesterday.
1: Well, the LSU's budget, they probably just have a beekeeper on standby, and he must have got over there and <laughs> took care of the problem yeah, pretty probably. quickly.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, that whole thing is kind of hard to figure out. But uh, something else we've been struggling to figure out, Luke, and I'll just go ahead and start here, something we talked about all week. Who is going to be this day three starter? now that we project that Mikel Hiller would be uh, the Saturday starter and Caleb Gilbert moving back into the bullpen. Uh, what's the latest you've heard on this front? Can we expect uh, one starter? Can we expect Johnny Holstaff? What's the latest you're hearing?
8: You know, I think, uh, I think Paul Maneri was being honest yesterday when he says he has no clue. Um, and uh, I, I think uh, it really is dependent on uh, on what happens in the first two games. Um you know, I think that the number three starter this weekend could end up being Caleb Gilbert if he doesn't get used on Friday and Saturday. Um it could be Nick Bush, could be uh, uh Devin Fontenot or you know, somebody else. I I think uh I think Maneri at this point in the season is uh is less concerned about having um a true starter in that role. Um yeah, I think it, when it, when I was talking to him earlier in the week, he said, you know, when when you have a guy who is a quote unquote starting pitcher, um, you kind of have to let him go. You know, you have to you have to let him stay in the game and and work through jams and and stuff like that. Um, you know, you can't you can't have a can't get a, a the bullpen ready every time Zach Hess walks uh you know walks a couple batters or you know gives up a couple base hits. You got to trust in that guy to get it done. And uh, with this, um, he's leaving himself the option um, to, you know, if let. I mean, let's say let's say he does start Caleb Gilbert on, on Sunday. They don't use Caleb in, in Friday or Saturday's game, and and he's able to start. He's not, he's not going to be starting under the same conditions that he was before. You know, where where Mineri will will just. Let him go as long as as long as he can. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's uh, it'd be the sort of thing where if it's clear early that uh, that Gilbert doesn't have his stuff if he's getting hit around, um, yeah, they get the bullpen up early, and it'd be the the same thing with whoever else they put in that role. So yeah, I, I don't think he's looking at at developing any one person for that spot. I, I think what what he wants to do is give himself some more flexibility um, because the you know, the 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 outings that, that Gilbert was giving him, you know, weren't, weren't consistent enough for him to say, you know, we're going to have a guy in that role that we're just going to let go and let figure out. Um, I, I think he's more in the line of, uh, you know, kind of being aggressive with that spot now.
3: And, and, and Luke, we were thinking that Josh Smith was going to return this weekend for the Tennessee series, but fortunately he had a bit of a setback earlier this week. Uh, what exactly happened this week and and what's the latest on him uh returning to l s u
8: yeah you know i was i was pretty convinced he was gonna be back um you know it, but the last thing you really needed to do was face live pitching uh you know that was that was the last hurdle and uh yeah, every, everything i'd heard is that uh it was gonna happen this week but uh on monday he was going through a pretty rigorous workout um you know he uh he took uh you know, 50 cuts in the batting cage, fielded about 50 ground balls, and he was feeling good. And then, um, you know, they kind of took a little bit of a break, and he went to, to go into the, the locker room and, and get a drink of water and take a breather. Uh, and his back started spasming. Um, and considering it, you know, he's been out for 30 plus games with a back injury that was pretty scary for LSU, uh, they sent him to get a, an MRI to make sure, um, you know, he didn't worsen. The injury from uh, from earlier in the season, which uh, I still don't know exactly what a stress reaction is, uh, but you know, it's I guess it's a, a step down from a stress fracture. It's a it's an injury to the vertebrae. Um, so yeah, you know, they got the MRI back and they, they saw that that he was uh, you know, he was healed from from his injury at the beginning of the year, and that the, the spasms were more of a you know, just a muscular thing because his yeah you know, he, he he worked himself out of baseball shape uh, by having to sit for a month, and uh, and you know he probably just uh, tried to come back a little bit too quickly. Uh, his muscles weren't exactly uh, weren't exactly ready for it. So I think uh, I think what LSU's he's going to do is just you know give him the weekend off and kind of reset and let let him uh, let his, his muscles relax a little bit, uh, go at it again next week and, and see what happens. But they're not going to put a they're not going to put a, a projected date on on him making his his debut, and um, yeah, I, I'd imagine it's still a possibility next week. But uh, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna push it. You yeah, know, they're gonna just let him let him come back when he's ready.
1: Luke, let's uh, discuss uh, two of our Northeast Louisiana favorites, and we start with uh, Jake Slaughter. He is certainly struggling right now. He's had a little bit of bad luck, hitting I believe just 203 for the year. I know you guys asked Paul Maneri about him yesterday, and this quote wasn't exactly uh, very good for Jake when Paul basically said, uh, if we had a better option, we would try it right now at third. What do you see as the future, Jake? Is he going to be able to hold on to that starting job?
8: Um, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think when, when Josh Smith and and Brant Broussard get back, yeah, that, that might push Jake out of the lineup. Um, yeah, I, Jake is just a—he's a mystery to me, man. Because uh, you watch him, you watch him in practice, and and uh, and everything like that. I, I mean, the guy just—he just murders the ball. Uh, it, he's one of those guys where he hits it, and it sounds different coming off his bat. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I saw him hit a ball into the third row of the bleachers into like a twenty mile an hour wind, and it's just like. Yeah, man you just you just wish that would translate into the games. for whatever reason it hasn't so far um, yeah I think he plays pretty good defense at third base um, yeah I think he's a big physical athletic kid uh, and for for whatever reason you know, he just has not been able to, to, to make it work in the games uh, he strikes out too much he gets you know, he gets frustrated when he struggles is kind of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, you know. Um where you, know, you you'll see him kind of slam his bat after he strikes out or you know after he just kind of misses barreling one up and um and he has had some bad luck. You know, I think earlier in the year he was he was squaring a lot of balls up and kind of hitting it right at people. Uh, but you know I think Slaughter could could stick in the lineup if if he could make it click. Um, yeah, you know, I was kind of waiting on a Greg Dykeman-like year for him, where uh, you know Dykeman, if, if you remember, a couple of years ago was was awful for a long stretch, and then he got hot at the end of his uh, his sophomore year, and before you know it, he's um, you know an All-American as a junior. I thought maybe that would be what we saw out of slaughter this year, but he just hasn't made a click yet. Uh, so I, I I don't know uh, I don't know if he's going to have a home once those uh, once those two players get back in the LSU infield. And I'm assuming you're going to ask next about uh, about Zach Watson.
1: Uh, yeah, we talk about you know battling through injuries uh, this year, but then he continues to put up some solid, if not spectacular, numbers. I guess there's no such thing as a sophomore slump for Zach.
8: Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's way too talented for that. Um, yeah, uh, Zach, uh, the, the the Texas A&M series was was kind of a rough one for him because yeah, he got. It hit by a pitch against Nichols State last uh, last Tuesday, and uh, you know it clearly was uh, it, the, the pitch hit him down by his his uh, his ankle. It clearly bugged him. You know he, he wasn't he didn't have the same speed uh, that we normally see out of Watson. That's a huge part of his game. But it, he looked he looked like he was kind of back into it against uh, against Louisiana Tech. He looked healthy. When I mean, that guy's healthy, I mean, yeah, he's he's got to talented players in college baseball um uh, just from a tools perspective the guy can do everything uh yeah i have no idea how at 160 pounds he generates as much fat speed and as much power as he does uh but you know, he's got he's just lightning fast hands um he can run the ball out of the ballpark he can run it into the gap and if it's in the gap he can run for days um and uh, and he plays tremendous defense in center field. Yeah, I think I think uh, if if he can just stay healthy and and stay on the field, and the LSU can have some success. I, I think I think you could see Zach Watson play himself into a really high draft pick this year because uh, he's just got he's got so many tools. He's got so much potential. Um, yeah, I think he he needs to get a little bit better at being a smart baseball player. He's seen him make some mental mistakes in the last. Uh, last couple of games um but you know i, I think in terms of ability uh, you, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody better than him
1: wiry strong zach watson uh luke johnson yeah. from the advocate we certainly appreciate the time hey do you think covering lsu baseball is the best beat on that campus considering the success and of course uh Paul and the access that he uh. grants you and the media members
8: yeah I, I mean i'm biased i'm a baseball guy but i i think there's no question i i think it's it's probably the best beat in the state honestly um yeah, yeah. paul from a media perspective paul is uh is a dream to work with um you know you get full access to all the players you get i get two hours every week uh to to just sit down and talk to players and i can talk to anybody i want to um and you just don't you don't get that anywhere else, uh, mm-hmm. and that's not even counting the games. This, this is just mm-hmm. like before practice, um, and then you can sit there and watch the whole practice. And then it's and then it's baseball. It's it's just there. There's I, I love covering this beat, and uh, yeah, they, they they make it easy, and and uh, I think that's why you see a lot of really good stories
1: coming out of that. Hmm. Well, hopefully they'll have a few wins for you to cover uh, this weekend as they square off against Tennessee. Appreciate the time, bud.
3: Yeah, good stuff there. The mystery is still out (laughs) for who that day three starter is going to be. I've been trying to.
1: I thought you were talking about where the bees came from. (laughs) I'm that too.
3: Yeah, yeah. Where are the bees coming from? Who's the day three starter? Nobody knows anything, it seems. I like Johnny Holstep. I think he's good. That's probably what's going to happen.
1: I like this uh, quote he had there, and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. uh, On Jake Slaughter. He could stick if he would click.
3: Yeah, yeah. But it's true. It is true. Um,
1: and they have that stat, what is it, the velocity coming off of a, yeah. the bat. Well, and it, he's always has one of the highest, or if it's always the highest among yeah. the LSU players.
3: And he, I mean, we we saw him at OCS, you know, up close and personal. But if you just hear the way, you know, media members talk about him at practice, like Luke said, they get granted access to practice. The way they talk about him hitting the ball at practice is just It's it's different. He got robbed
1: of a a hit there against Louisiana Tech. He's had a couple of those. I know. He's sitting right on the money. I know. Uh, Law averages, doesn't it say that it'll even out eventually?
3: Hopefully, but uh, hopefully he has the
1: opportunities to even it out. Yeah, that quote from uh, Maneri yesterday was not good. No.
3: (laughs) Not good at all.
1: 888-993-7762. The Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Let's talk a little uh, spring football coming up after the break. Later in the show, idiot, idiots of the week. Oh, I might have two. Plural, yeah. Joey Trappe is not one of them, but he will join us at (laughs) eight forty-five. The morning drive is back after this.
7: get your crawdaddies now at randall's fine meats randall's fine meats has your crawdaddies ready to go every day low prices for live or boiled ask about their five and ten pound specials on some of the best crawfish around plus randall's will even cater your next event just give them a call 343-0382 and book in advance randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats and you have to try his fried cracklins at randall's like them on facebook or just stop
6: on by randall's fine meats 4205 old sterlington road monroe Broken windows are no fun. A car that's baking inside from summer sun is even worse. Oh. Well, Magic Glass Intent of West Monroe can handle both those problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield to repairing power windows to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business. Magic Glass does it all. Magic Glass Intent. 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe.
1: So, Jake, uh, I've been on this diet this week. and looking for a trip to Jamaica here in a couple of weeks. I was doing so well all week. And, of course, talked about the fact I was sitting there with, what, 13, 14 pizzas yesterday. Driving out to shooter and I just said no. First time in a couple of years that I've actually said no when the pizzas have been sitting there. So, I was thinking, hey, man, I got this thing conquered.
3: New year, new you.
1: And then, of course, uh, Warren comes marching in here with some biscuits.
3: So you're telling me that you can, you're can, you able to turn down Little Caesars but not able to turn oh, down chick fil I did not go there, Jake. Man, don't be, don't be taking things out of context, That's what man. I heard. I'm See
1: how gonna... you media members are, man? You we spin twist. things, We man. twist
3: it, yeah. That's horrible. I will say, that is delicious, though. Yeah, that's and that is right. tough for any man to turn down. Yeah, that's right.
1: And right away, you know, I, I didn't think the wife was actually listening, and she was. Get Oops. called out immediately.
3: Mm.
1: Immediately. You want to go run around the block after we get done?
3: Yeah, you should have just gave me uh, your biscuit, Now that would have solved all problems. Uh,
1: I look forward to a big weekend, a lot of different events going on. We've talked extensively about uh, college baseball, but uh, some college football this weekend, spring games out at Louisiana Tech and also at Grambling. Centoria Black, the voice of the Tigers, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. What up, bud? How you doing this morning, bud?
5: Good morning, y'all. Talking about biscuits, and I need to take my buttermilk butt out there and do a little running pretty soon.
1: <laughs> buttermilk butt. Wow.
5: Yeah, oh man, let me tell you something, man. If I don't, if I don't, if, if I don't get it under control, I'm going to be thicker in a Wendy's frosty.
1: <laughs> hey man, uh, big things expected out of Grambling tomorrow, or of course for next year. Uh, how cool is this? Another spring game, and of course. Expectations remain extremely high for this program, even though they lose some star-studded uh, players off this year's squad.
5: You know, look, and, and the first thing that everybody talked about is who's going to follow Devontae Kincaid. And, and uh, when you look at the battle at quarterback, uh, and I'll just say first of all, overall as a team coach, Bob spoke about this right towards the end of March, and how this has probably been one of the deepest uh, teams that he's had and he's had. And you look at the quarterback position; Hickbottom has really proven to be. Uh, the man to beat right now at the quarterback position where they've got three uh, three quarterbacks there so I think Higbottom right now is your is your leading guy at the QB position uh, there and then you start talking about uh, the uh, the the running back position Jordan Jones who was a tight end last year I mean this is a humongous kid about 6-4 uh, he's well over 230, 240 somewhere right around there and he's going to be playing running back this year so he's going to be switching positions so Uh, You know, there's a lot on the horizon for this team, some changes. Of course, you don't have some of the guys you did last year. But uh, this is a team, man, that they're really looking at their depth this year. Uh,
1: What is the schedule like for tomorrow? What time does everything get underway?
5: 1 o'clock is going to be the kickoff uh, for the game. They're going to have the black and gold team out there, of course, standard system. They will have a white team out there that will be uh, participating as well. They'll be doing some fill-ins. Season tickets will be on sale tomorrow. So fans will get a chance to come on out and their first opportunity to purchase season tickets uh, at the game. And so they'll have some other uh, uh, odds and ends that will be going on at the game tomorrow. But a lot of people are just looking forward to seeing what's going to be there. The world-famed Tiger marching band will be out there for a little while. So it'll be a great atmosphere.
1: Sam, from a guy that has been around this program for a long time, how would you describe the buzz with this program now compared to perhaps uh, five, six years ago and then even take it back even farther than that, you know, 16, 17 years ago?
5: Well, you know, look. I think that there's such a positive vibe right now. Just think about all of the guys that this team has been able to land on the recruiting edge. You've got the re- you've got the recruit from Al- that uh, came from Alabama. You've got the transfer from Ball State who's coming going to play running back. Uh, you think about all these guys who have transferred in, and Anthony Mullins who came in. Uh, so that really says a whole lot. Devontae Kincaid. It says a lot about what Coach Fox has done. To revitalize the program and getting it back on the map. You know, when you look at it, it several years ago when Coach Fobbs took over this program, it was at its lowest point. And not just from a win-loss standpoint, but just from mora- morale, the amount of negative news that was out there. And to see where it is now is a testament, I think, to the not only the plan and the vision that Coach Fobbs has, but I think it also goes to understanding the, the true history of what Grand League football really was. And the character that he wanted this team to walk with, much like Eddie Robinson did when he had this team, and so I think that's really what you have to look at uh, I, you know you go back to the years where this team was loaded with an Eric Gant with a Kendrick Nord uh with a Tracy Green back in the mid nineties where you know they were sending you know guys left and right to the draft you know so I mean this is really one of those times of Grammy football. I think it's one of its richest uh in a long time.
1: San, this should be fun. Appreciate the time, bud. Thank you. Not a problem, my brother. San Antonio Black, the voice of the Gremlin Tigers. Look forward to the spring game tomorrow.
3: Yes, also indeed. look
1: forward to the start of the NBA postseason. I know you want to get into the Pels in the first-round matchup.
3: Yeah, let's get into a little bit of the Pels. The Pels will take on the Blazers in game one tomorrow at 930. As we mentioned earlier, if you're unable to watch – Sports Talk 977 will be carrying the games this postseason. So come on here and listen uh, to the Pels versus Blazers. Now, eh, Aaron, I was looking at this matchup, and I I kept thinking back to the last time these two played. Uh, C.J. McCollum didn't have a great game. Uh But what I took away from that one was the Pelicans had an opportunity to win that game, and yet they kept turning the basketball over. And it was during that run where it was just a string of games where they just could not take care of the basketball, so much so that they didn't even seem like they could inbound the ball. So it, the turnovers is what cost them in that last game. And that I got to thinking about it when I'm sitting here previewing this matchup. That's what I go to first is if the Pelicans revert back to those old habits, I don't think they stand a chance to upset the Blazers in the first round. However, if they're able to to play like they they have in the last couple games where they're able to limit those turnovers, I think they can win this series. And the reason why I think they can win this series is because, yes, C.J. McCollum, yes, Damian Lillard, they're a fantastic backcourt. You could make arguments that they're the best backcourt in the NBA. But if you look at the Pels, they have Rondo and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday has played so well, especially on the defensive end, as of late. I mean, he's really played well all season long, but just look at what he's done in the last couple of months. Everybody gives the praise to Anthony Davis. I think you have to give a lot of praise to Drew Holiday as well for the way he's played on both ends of the court. Mm-hmm. So if they can limit those turnovers and not match the productivity of those other two guards but you know, effectively counter some of those plays and let Anthony Davis and Miritich, you know, do their work inside, I think the Pelicans have a chance to to steal the series away from Portland.
1: Is the season a success no matter what happens yes, in the
3: postseason? absolutely. And that's where I was going next. The fact that the Pelicans made it to the playoffs after Boogie was injured, when I was really writing the Pelicans off because, you know, it was so disheartening because it took a while for the Boogie AD mm. experiment to work. And it was like just when it was starting to click for the Pelicans – just when they were starting to figure things out, and you were starting, you know, the national media was starting to go, look, they're starting to do it with two big guys. What could, what problems could they pose to a team like the Warriors or the Rockets? Just when you start to have those conversations, Boogie gets injured, and so, it, it, for me, it took the, it, it felt like uh, uh, it took the air out of you. Like it's just like, man, came so close, started to figure it out. That's tough. Then, of course, we know what happens. AD goes on a tear, and they're able to go on a huge win streak, and they're able to make the playoffs. So for that reason, I think it is without a doubt a win because AD proved that he is a top five player in the league. Alvin Gentry proved that he knows what he's doing. And I th- and even though he's probably still going to get booed, I think those fans need to take a step back and look at the situation and go, you I mean, the fact that they're even in the playoffs is is quite an accomplishment, Yes.
1: How many teams have defied the odds this year? We've talked about unlikely storylines and, of course, remarkable comebacks. I bring that up because one sportsbook has the Pels with the worst odds among the 15 other playoff teams to reach the finals.
3: Really? I find that a bit surprising.
1: And then the Washington Post gives New Orleans less than 1% chance to win the title.
3: Here's, here's the thing. You know, if you're looking at – So if if the Pelicans won, they would face Golden State in the next round. they get Steph Curry back, right? (laughs) That doesn't bode well for the Pelicans, but we don't know how healthy he's going to be. What if by some chance they're able to get past the Warriors? Then they would have to play the Houston Rockets. And that's where I can see where those numbers will come into play because – the, the Pelicans just have not matched up well against the Rockets this year. Just have not matched up well. And that's why, you know, I look at, at the Rockets as sort of. I, I give the Rockets a very good chance to go to the finals. I, I think a lot of people are expecting the Warriors to turn on, as I am. I think that's going to be one of the best Western Conference finals we've ever had when those two clash. But. For the Pelicans to go through the Warriors and the Rockets, yeah, I can I can see why people would have doubts.
1: Saturday night, Game 1 against uh, Portland. You can check it out, of course, on uh, ESPN. Just watch it, turn down the, the sound, and listen to the uh, radio broadcast here on Sports Talk 97.7. Game 2 then will be on Tuesday, also in Portland. And then New Orleans gets to host that playoff game come next Thursday. If That's not a sellout. Hmm.
3: You know, I'm glad you said that because I was looking at the crowd for the Spurs game, and I was just kind of shaking my head a little bit. Mm. I expected more. Hey, it was still a decent crowd, but for a game of that magnitude, I expected more.
1: Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, the first uh, three games in that series. Mark accordingly. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next are parting shots, including the Idiots of the Week and Joey Trape. I didn't bunch them to go. Hey, I, I didn't say I was, and Joey Trape. I was listening He will closely. join us for our weekly visit.
0: <laughs> That's coming up next. Brad Parker and his wife Leah opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010, and has made Iron Cactus into a one of a kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, You'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus Fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun.
4: Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car, king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown. And you start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. When you a
6: mower that outmaneuvers outperforms and outdoes the competition cub cadet zero turns have got you covered now cub cadet is offering exceptional financing so it's easier than ever to bring your lawn to life stop by yard power 7573 highway 165 north in monroe your locally owned cub cadet dealer for expert advice superior service and to take advantage of this exceptional offer offer subject to credit approval some restrictions apply see store associate for details Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe.
1: Welcome back to the show. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. We always like to end our week on a bang with a conversation with Joey Trappe. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Joey, what's up this morning, bud?
7: Nothing much, guys. What's going on with y'all?
1: Uh well Jake was trying to break down the NBA playoffs to me, you know, and this is about the time of the year to start tuning in a little bit more. Are you all in now with the first round of the postseason in the NBA?
7: Oh of course, man. Pelican's in the playoffs. It's uh it's a gotta get tuned in now.
1: Yeah. He's on that bandwagon. You hear him, Jake? Mm-hmm. He's oh
7: that... no, don't come here with that. <laughs>
1: Uh, what's going on this weekend? It should be uh, besides tonight. It should uh, lighten up weatherwise. I'm not a meteorologist. I just watch. Oh, night. you!
7: Oh, you! You pay attention to that weather all of a sudden, huh?
1: Yeah, I, like I know it. you do, john I, <laughs> I got to try to match you every Friday. Right. Uh, so, so, well, so man, I know li- it's
7: been two weeks. <laughs> it's been two weekends in a row where we've had pretty uh, nasty weather. So, it doesn't always make for a good uh, night out from the town, if you know what I mean. But uh. Mm-hmm it's a it's a good weekend um crawfish are rolling even though um you know the weather weather's been pretty bad um uh, you know at crawfish city we got a pretty pretty big covered area there so we um we we've seen the pack of men when it rains other, other joints in town uh mm-hmm. aren't as weatherproof as, as we are so it's um it should be a good weekend at crawfish city you know the, the patio at portico and traps is is a hot commodity right now. Just uh, everybody wanting to be outside and enjoying the, the springtime atmosphere. And uh, you know, Fieldhouse will will be rolling uh, like always, and have, have crawfish there as well. And um, just you know, whatever you want to watch on TV, uh, we'll have it rolling uh, today and tomorrow for sure.
1: Joey, after spending the weekend in New Orleans last weekend, rush right back and go to Crawfish City to have some crawfish, and, and they were good. Hey, when when does it really pick up? I know they they were fantastic last weekend. Uh, the crawfish, when the the biggest and the best. Does it does it change from year to year?
7: Yeah, I mean typically March and April are, are your your peak uh, month. You know, uh, a lot of people associate it with Easter. You know, but Easter was really early this year. So um, you know, I think you're right in the heart of it, man. Uh, the price is dropping We're down to three ninety nine a pound and uh you know we're able to get the premium select crawfish so we uh, you know we're getting pretty crawfish right now and customers are loving them and you know we're we're really busy but if you need a live or boiled crawfish you know just give us a shout at uh crawfish city and we'll hook you up
1: uh, i know we'll discuss more about this uh, next week with ULM spring game next saturday but uh the big news of course that Doug Peterson will be returning next week and will be giving a speech out there at fan Ewing. How cool is this for the university, the football program, and the school to reconnect with Doug and, and to bring in maybe some new fans to hear him speak next week?
7: Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different angles there. You know, I mean, Doug's obviously has a great playing career at ULM, uh, you know, and now he's parlayed that with winning a Super Bowl. You know, so it's uh it, there's a lot of intriguing factors there that um, you know it will be a draw. But, you know, Doug's been a big supporter, uh, you know, even before he won the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, he's supported ULM and, you know, he's got a son playing uh, for the Warhawks. So, you know, very cool event. And, um, you know, look forward to seeing him out out at ULM. And, you know, hopefully a lot of people rally around the opportunity to to sit down and meet and talk to a, a Super Bowl winning coach.
1: That would be a nice addition to the field house, a nice picture of a Doug or perhaps a jersey there in the restaurant. Not telling you what to do, Joey.
7: Right. Not telling me what to do. <laughs> I hear you. That would be really cool. I've got, I got to find a way to get one.
1: All right, uh, Joey, appreciate the time. Uh, we'll see you this weekend at one of the four different restaurants.
7: Sounds good, man. Thanks.
1: Joey Trappé. Are you ready, Jake? Are you still full from those biscuits?
3: I'm still full, um, but I'm ready for Idiot of the Week. All
1: right. It is part of our parting shots.
3: Most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations
1: in my entire career. Probably the worst. Our parting shots are clean and spontaneous. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Nothing is off limits. That's the stupidest question you've asked today. Of course, we don't have any computers. Our fearless hosts.
2: But they are who we thought they were.
1: We'll pull no punches.
2: I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your...
1: Time to hand out some knowledge. What else do you want to know? Parting shots as we attempt to end with a bang.
3: I love you guys so much. Bourbon Street, watch out.
1: All right, Jake, I I got two of them. So, they're in San Diego. They're going to start this new uh, sports uh, radio station, all for it. Uh, It's going to be the 97-3, the fan. So, they're going to launch it. Of course, they had some uh, talented local guys that were going to be the host. And the best thing that they had working for them was that the station also had the rights to all the San Diego Padres' regular season games. So, it's all working out well. And they got this marketing campaign, and they're plugging away, and they got the guy on the morning show. and his name is uh, Kevin Klein, and obviously he's jacked up, and he wants to put it out there that you know this is going to be the next big thing in San Diego radio sports coverage. Uh huh. So this idiot, he is part of the idiot of the week, and everybody has to try to be clever on Facebook or Twitter, you know. He uh,
3: like sticks his foot in his mouth.
1: Uh Yeah. So he posts a picture of the Coronado Bridge, which is known for uh, people jumping off and committing suicide. So he posts a picture of the bridge, and then with the text underneath it, jump to a new morning show.
3: <clears throat>
1: Didn't work out too well
3: for no, no, I can't imagine the feedback was positive.
1: So, uh, Mr. Kevin Klein, uh, he is not part of the, sh- the station <laughs> no longer, and he was not part of the new branding of 97.3 <laughs> The Fan in San Diego. Uh, the Padres uh, were not a fan of his. Really? So their chairman, Ron Fowler, says... Uh, They've been working with the radio station for a few days to get this settled. And his quote, We have been assured that the challenges that we faced with 97.3 at the beginning of the season have been addressed and that the steps have been taken to make sure they are not repeated. Mm. (laughs) So basically that meant Fowler, where uh, uh, Kevin Klein was out of a gig.
3: Yeah, Kevin Klein seemed to be on a short leash and he did a little too much. Hmm. there was no reason to post that i'm not surprised all
1: right we always see these promos that they try to do within games and we try to do it every once in a while you try to tie something together and typically broadcasters fail at it you you try to segue from one thing to the other basically if you just stick to the script you read what you're supposed to read in front of you and don't go off script you'll be fine correct
3: okay you're talking about actual Broadcast
1: or in even what we do on a day to day basis. Oh, okay. Sometimes you try to make a tie into a commercial or some kind of promo. Sure. Okay. So there was an ESPN uh, NBA game going on, and of course, ESPN last week wanted to promote, wanted to hype up that they would have Masters coverage on Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. So the game's going along, and of course, I think it was Breen uh, actually had to do the reader, and then they made a drastic or a, a critical mistake. They tried to involve Jeff Van Gundy in the conversation. what did he say? Here you go.
4: I was thinking today when I was watching Tom Rinaldi reports with his usual eloquence from Augusta today, watching the Sports Center. Imagine if Jeff was on the Masters coverage. I can't.
6: I can't. Oh, like they didn't allow black people and women in there? Like something like that? <laughs>
3: Misses <laughs> Harris the other way. Yeah, I'm glad we're quiet about that. But anyway, how about Jack Nicholas making a hole in one today in the par three tournament? You can't go from
6: old. you can't go from <laughs> blacks and women to Jack in well, the hole in one. I'm just saying, like, would I have been wrong of like maybe pointing that out that it's there's something wrong with that?
4: <laughs>
5: no, there was obviously I agree with you. But that was uh, I mean. Let's talk about Jack. That was big time. It was. Did was... you see that thing roll in? That was big time
6: Guy's 75
5: you, I you, I... you, you officially stumped Mike. My... <laughs> it just
4: proved my point about how you just can't have him on the Masters cover. Why wouldn't well you do you play golf by the way? I, I played a round or two. I've struggled at times with
3: uh, Keeping the ball in the fairway Obviously that went
1: well back to the Phoenix Dallas game
3: that was fantastic. Uh, I love that Mark Jackson called him out on it. It wouldn't let him move on and then agreed with him. But uh, i got to say this. Yeah, probably shouldn't have said that. But those three guys, man, they are my favorite. Uh-huh. I love listening to them call a the game because you got so much coaching knowledge between Van Gundy and Jackson. And then Mike Breen is just great. And His his voice in the big moments, I keep remembering the, the Steph Curry buzzer beater. Uh, Was it last year or two years ago? Just the way he calls it, man. I I love those three.
0: Hmm.
3: Anyway, speaking of NBA, uh, Delario from Lisbon says, Hold on now, Jake. Who's to say the Warriors will get past my Spurs? I am. I don't think the Spurs have a chance. What if Pop pulls that off? That would be incredible. But I just don't see it without Kawhi. And, again, LaMarcus Aldridge, you're asking him to carry your team on your back? I don't think so.
1: Uh, Let's end with this. Uh, Squire Creek out there today, and I'm heading that way here in a a couple minutes to, uh, of course, catch up with uh, Kix Brooks and Terry Bradshaw. The Bradshaw and Brooks uh, golf tournament taking place out there last night. A cool event out at Squire Creek. A lot of jokes exchanged. In fact, uh, the two uh, celebrities got up on stage and actually did a song together. Would you like to hear a little bit of it? And then, of course, have uh, Jake breaking it down. Kind of like the voice here.
3: Oh yeah, no, you'll break it down. So
1: here's Brooks and Bradshaw at Squire Creek last night, courtesy of Louisiana Tech Athletics.
7: I'm something up me. That's
1: what a Saturday night at Jake Martin's house sounds like every week.
3: Are we done with nominations for Idiots of the Week? Oh, no, you cannot I was talking go about to... us oh. for a plane. Oh, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> it's a sports show, Aaron. Wow. No movies, no music. Oh, wow.
1: All right, that was a fun week. Uh, coming up Monday, uh, Tim Brando will join us again at 8 o'clock. I'm sure we'll talk uh, a little college hoops, a little uh, Masters coverage, a little golf coverage, plus uh, we'll get a couple uh, tales from him when he was at Neville and, of course, ULM. Good stuff. Nick White will also join us. <laughs> well, that's a party chat <laughs> Everybody have a fantastic weekend. The Edge is coming up next.
0: Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and white to listen live every day, tune in at ESPN 977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.